Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 28 called Bridget. This episode is sponsored by fruitfulfertility.org. Did you guys know that infertility is the fourth most traumatic life event a woman can experience? No wonder the whole experience feels absolutely terrible. The good news, even though you might feel alone, you aren't. If you're looking for private one-on-one emotional support from someone who gets what it feels like to have a nervous breakdown as you pass the baby section of Target, sign up to find a fertility mentor at fruitfulfertility.org. Fruitful is a mentorship service that connects people struggling emotionally to build their family with someone who has been through it before, but is now on the other side. Matches are made based on 18 different data points like age, diagnosis, hobbies, religion, and more. Kind of like a dating app, but maybe not as sexy. Once matched, your mentor can help give you the support, guidance, and perspective you need as you navigate the baby shower invitations, clinic appointments, and fights with your partner. To learn more or to sign up, visit fruitfulfertility.org. So I know Bridget from my Playboy days. As some of you might know, I was an editor at Playboy magazine for like 10 years at the beginning of my career. And I met Bridget because she was one of the three girls next door on that reality show that Hugh Hefner did about his girlfriends, and she was one of them. So I noticed recently that Bridget had been posting YouTube videos about her infertility journey, and I watched them. And Bridget is just a ray of sunshine. So even though she's going through kind of a dark time and hard times, as we all do, she made these videos that were super entertaining and just showed her huge personality. So I reached out to her, asked if she would be on the podcast, and she said yes. So today, Bridget and I are going to talk about all the stuff she went through from harvesting her eggs when she was 34 and living at the mansion, uh, and then she froze those eggs. So we're going to find out what happened with that. She talks about how terrified she is of needles, which is funny because she also hosts a ghost telling podcast. So she loves scary stuff, but she's terrified of blood and of needles. So we talk about that. And then she goes into how much of a roller coaster this whole thing is, as you guys all well know, an emotional roller coaster, financial roller coaster, a physical roller coaster, and how she and her fiance, Nick, just needed to stop for a while after it wasn't happening for her. So we're going to find out where she is now. And I just want to thank Bridget for talking to us and for being so such a positive light in this infertility community. So without further ado, this is Bridget's infertility story. Hi, Bridget. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. So I have to say, we I've met you before because we have Playboy in common. I used, yes. to, work, I used to work at Playboy magazine. I was an editor there from 1996 to 2005. Greatest job I've ever had. It was the best. It definitely was the greatest job I've ever had. And I did meet you a couple of times. You came to the New York office uh, with Hep. Mm-hmm. When you guys yes. were together and I remember you came to the office and everybody like lined up to meet you guys and you guys signed <laughs> autographs and magazines and it was very funny. 
all our trips were really fun. We, I know we went to the New York offices. And we also went to the Chicago offices. It was just uh-huh. so much fun to meet everybody who works in the offices and see how things are run in the, and you know, cause we obviously know how LA was run, but to see how New York and Chicago goes and meet right. everyone, it was so much fun. Yeah. And I also, I was lucky enough that I did get to work pretty closely with Hef on like all the party pages and a lot of the playmate stories and playmate news and the cover stories and stuff. So I did get to come out to the mansion a bunch of times and saw you guys out there as well. And you were honestly always so sweet. And um, thank you. you are, you were always so sweet. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you that the party pages and the, the Playmate news and even the covers and stuff like that, those were my favorite pages in Playboy Life. I'd always like flip to those first and see like ah. what pictures made it in the party pages and oh my you know God, a yeah. lot of the playmates you don't get to keep up on so sometimes the news in there is news for yeah. you know all of us who know those totally and, and it was so funny because you know half he was so into it and he would leave me these like messages at on my voicemail like you know picture number one let's change it from <laughs> leo to uh, Leo the lion, like talking about Leonardo DiCaprio, like he was very specific in the way that he wanted to refer to everybody. And it was so cute. That's funny. I loved it. So anyway, so we are, are playboy buddies and tell me about your, yes. how your infertility journey kind of ties into all that. So it basically kind of started, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know something happened when you were living at the mansion. So tell me about that. Was that kind of the beginning of yeah. your story? It was. So um, while I was at the mansion, we were filming Girls Next Door. I had, I had already been there for probably, let's see, at this time, like f- over five years. Mm-hmm. And we were filming Girls Next Door and uh, things were just going really, really well there. I had never uh, thought that I was going to spend that much time at the mansion. And things were just progressing and it, it just uh, and like I said, we were filming Girls Next Door. So we we're kind of deep in the middle of that. And I was turned 34. And I just thought, that I knew that that was sort of like the cutoff time where all of a sudden your eggs just start disappearing rapidly after that point mm-hmm. or so that, that's what they were saying so uh, and I, w- I was always heard that like you should do you should retrieve your eggs and freeze them um, so it's something I had been looking into and I actually wanted it to be a story on the girls next door because I thought it was really important mm-hmm. to show that I was doing that that I was I was looking to my future and and to show that that there because this was way back in 2000 and let's see, this would have been 2007. So way more people are talking about it now than were back then. Like it was still kind of, it wasn't new technology, but a lot of people weren't doing it. And a lot of people didn't know about it that much. So, um, and definitely weren't talking about it. And so I thought it would be really cool to have it be an episode on the show showing that I was like thinking about my future Mm -hmm. and taking that kind of thing seriously and showing options for other people people who might want to do the same thing. I kind of looked at it as sort of an insurance policy for my future. Mm-hmm. And, um, and since I was turning 34 and I was still at the mansion and things were going amazing with the show and everything, I didn't have like a, a solid out in my mind. And I thought I need to do this because I want to have the option to have kids someday. And I want to, you know, have that insurance policy. And so I did, I went and uh, harvested my eggs. We got uh, nine of them, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was so they oh they they I should say they decided not to film it for the show. They didn't think it was relevant to the show. You're kidding. No, so that wow. was sort of disappointing, but like I know, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that was very disappointing, but like there's nothing really I could do. So we did it, you know, 
we were filming. In fact, one of the episodes we are celebrating my sister's 21st and um, 21st birthday party. And we're, we take a party bus to the Madonna Inn. And mm-hmm. it's when I had to start giving my very first injection oh on God. that bus in the bathroom <laughs> in there. Oh my and God. I'm terrified of needles. I'm terrified. I mean, I do not know how I've gotten through different Uh, all the different IVF treatments that I've had because my palms sweat Mm -hmm. like I don't even like looking at them and I'm even worse with blood draws and as you know there's a million of those too but I am not okay with needles in any way shape or form and so every needle injection is a major mind uh you know what for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's just I I literally have to I have to pump myself up. I have to sit back to use the ice. I have to pinch. I have to like, my palms are sweating. I can barely hold on to the needle. It's like flipping through my hands. I'm like, I, I have to try several different times because I'm just too nervous to poke too hard. And it's just a, a nightmare every single time there was an injection. And as you know, there's tons of injections twice a day. <laughs> So right. it was a, it was a lot to get through, but it's just like you're doing it. You have to tell yourself you're doing it for the greater good. You're doing Absolutely. it for you know something that's going to mean a lot to you in the future. So even though every injection was terrifying for me, I knew that I was doing it for the right reasons and that it was going to mean the world to me later on. Were you doing them all yourself, or did anybody help you with any of the injections? I did them all myself. A did Hef give you any? All- <laughs> No, oh God, no. No, no. He know that you were going through Um, it. He did. Yeah. I feel like he would have been very supportive of that. He was so cool and progressive. He was supportive of it. He didn't have any problems with that at all. And Mm -hmm. in fact, like I had a big conversation with him about it because I told him that it was something that I needed to do if we were going to, because it was right when we were in kind of a transition, like we were about to sign on for another season of Girls Next Door. Mm-hmm. And I, I sat him down and I was like, if, I, if I'm if i staying here to continue filming and everything, I need to look out for my future because I, you know, I want the possibility of having kids someday. And I, I just, this is really important that I need to do it because I don't know when I'm leaving here or how long it will take me to find somebody that, you know, I want to marry and have kids with. So mm-hmm. I just need to do this for me now. And he was totally, totally cool with it. Yeah. I could see him being I, like, I mean, what, he, whatever you need, dear, whatever you need. Yeah. He <laughs> sent me to the clinic in a limo for the, the actual, um, uh, when they take the eggs and stuff, he had security come and pick me up. And <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So was it okay going through that round? And obviously the injections were hard, but doing the retrieval and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, the injections were really hard. In fact, I remember one time driving to go at one point to the end, I'm sure as you know, like it starts out where people test like every couple of days or so. And, and but you're doing the injections every day, but you do like a blood test test your hormone levels like every couple of days and then it starts turning to like every other day and then all of a sudden it's like every day mm-hmm. and I remember both my arms were um, slightly bruised not terribly bruised it wasn't like they were like vicious or whatever but my both of my arms were just a little bit bruised and I was just having an absolute panic attack I'm sure the hormones didn't help either mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was getting that I was injecting but um I remember pulling into the parking garage and I was talking to my mom on the phone and I just, I just lost it. I was crying. I was hyperventilating. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do one more blood draw. I can't do one more. Blood draw. And yes. just like, you've got this, you can do it. You've got it. You've got it. I mean, I was 
a basket case. I went in there, my nose was all swollen, my eyes were swollen. And they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, I can't do another blood draw. I just can't. Yeah, it's intense, right? It's intense and it's it's a it's an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And and one because of, of what you're doing and how bad, you know, that how much it means to you and that kind of thing, but also because of the hormones that you're getting, it makes you unbalanced and, mm-hmm. and kind of crazy too. Mm-hmm, definitely. So, so what happened? Situation. <laughs> Absolutely. So what happened with the retrieval? What did you end up with? Um, the retrieval, we, uh, had, um, nine eggs or yeah, um, nine eggs and, uh, we just, just straight froze them and they said everything was good and they stayed on ice for many many years mm-hmm. then um flash forward to uh a few years ago i've been with my fiance nick now for almost 11 years in october mm-hmm. it'll be 11 years but a couple of years ago we had been talking about trying to start a family and and that kind of thing and and we had been i wouldn't say trying like i never was super like trying to, um, schedule it or anything like that, but we had been, you know, unprotected and stuff for a while and nothing had happened. And so mm-hmm. I called the doctor that had my eggs and I said, I think, you know, we might need to come in and, um, and check on things and maybe use those eggs and stuff. And, uh, he kind of like flipped out on me and was like, why didn't you call me sooner? You should have called me a long time ago. What do you mean you've been sort of trying for like two years now. And I was like, well, we were just sort of letting things go and see how they happen. And so I didn't like the attitude at all. Yeah. Why was he like that? I don't know. He was like, you should have contacted me a long time ago. You know, it just, I just didn't, it just something about it just didn't sound right to me. Yeah. So I'm um, not stressed out enough that I need you like barking at me about it. (laughs) Well, actually at this point, I wasn't even stressed out about it yet because I was thinking, well, it hasn't happened naturally, but I, you know, I'm not that worried. I have my uh, eggs on ice. I'm mm-hmm. feeling, I'm feeling good about it. There was like nine of them, so I'm feeling really good about it. Yeah. And um, I, I just wasn't stressed out at that point. I just thought, you know, it's time that we look into maybe doing uh, using those or doing something, you know. And so, but at the same time, and I guess things just happen for a reason. I met this woman um, from an organization called Baby Quest, mm-hmm. and they are a nonprofit agency that helps people who can't afford fertility treatments for whatever reason, they give out grants and help people because as you know, most insurance doesn't cover it. My insurance didn't cover anything of it. Same. And, um, and most don't. So, um, she helps people cover stuff. And so I got to know her and I actually reached out to her cause I told her I would love to help your organization because I, I have, I have retrieved my eggs before and I want to go, I, I, I want to get fertility help now and stuff too. And she actually was very helpful in referring uh, doctors in my area. When I told her, you know, I wasn't really happy with my doctor. She confirmed that she had also heard heard negative things that original doctor. Wow. And so she knew a doctor who was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went and we saw it. So we went and saw him and he said, before you use those eggs that you saved when you were 34, let's try a few things first. Cause let's save those for when we really need them. Okay. And Okay. So we did a couple of IUIs first. Mm-hmm. So the inseminations, yep. not successful. Mm-hmm. And we did, oh, and of course, Nick did all his tests and everything and everything was fine there. Okay. Then uh, we decided to do 
he said he suggested that we do another round of IVF before we use the original eggs. And so we were kind of uh, about that because we knew what a great expense it was going to be. I think it was going to be like $12 and it's just for like the first part of it, you know, not even the, the, um, that was just going to be to make the embryos and later you have to have them implanted. So that was going to be a whole nother fee. Yep. We were kind of like, Oh, we weren't really expecting to like go through all that again. We just kind of wanted to use what we have already. Cause we have them. And he was like, well, it's totally up to you. I just would recommend trying the IVF one more time. And then if it doesn't work, then you can use those other eggs, mm-hmm. try using the other eggs. So we just go ahead and throw it. I was a basket case because again, all those needles and yeah. the blood draws and everything. Um, but he was really cool about it. He was like, well, there's no need to do a blood draw every single day. How about we, we, we compromise on the blood draw? How about mm-hmm. we just like, I can, I can pretty much get levels are going to be. So how about I just do a blood draw when I really need to do a blood draw and not just do it just to confirm my already suspicious what I think. And I'm like, that sounds good. That sounds- <laughs> so he was cool. He totally understood everything. And, um, and now, you know, I'm quite a bit older. So my injections were way more like I was doing, um, up to five injections morning and night of different medications and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so went in, we did the retrieval and, um, we got, how many did we get the first time? We got five, I think. And then, you know, they watched them for a few days and then in the end, they mixed them up already and they're watching them. And then by the end, we got three, I think that were that like viable and blastocysts. Well, well, they la- they made it through the first stages, but then they wanted to test them to make sure that they were normal. Okay. Because they said we have two options. One, we can implant them. And if they are abnormal, you will either just not get pregnant from them or you will um, get pregnant, but then miscarry. Or in the worst case scenario is you will get pregnant, not miscarry, but it will have some sort of abnormality. Mm-hmm. And so he said, or we can test them ahead of time and see if they're abnormal or normal. So we right. went ahead and had them tested yeah. and they were all abnormal. So oh, wow. I was very relieved that I did that because otherwise I was risking miscarriages and you know or worse yeah so I um I was very glad that we did that and then so then um we decided okay so we'll go and use the frozen eggs now and he's like I think this is a good time let's let's use the frozen eggs right so we went and bought them we literally had to physically go and get them ourselves which I was not <laughs> I did not realize that's how it works yes I mean, wait, I guess so you, can. you posted this great video uh, about this whole experience, which a, I want to commend you for, you know, putting it out there because you were like one of the, this was a couple years ago, right? Like, yeah, I haven't seen anything like this before you put it out there. So that was cool. But it's actually also kind of funny. I mean, I know this topic is heavy and it's, you know, but you have such a great sense of humor and you and Nick were so cute together. And so you're like, 
on your way to pick up the eggs and you're like, I didn't realize we had to do this. We have to go get a case. I have no idea like how big it's going to be. And so tell me more about what happened with that. Cause it was, yeah, very amusing. So I thought it was just going to be like a little thermos container at right. best because you know, it's tiny little microscopic eggs. But so, well, first of all, when he told me that you need to, you, you can go get them yourselves because we were basically going from one part of LA to another part of LA and that's right. it. So I was like, really, we do it ourselves. He's like, well, you can hire a courier, but it's just going to be like some, you know, guy with, a cigarette hanging out the window, like does courier stuff all day. Yeah, I'm just gonna like <laughs> so throw it in the like, back of a truck and like, yeah. You're exactly. Like, is- He's like, so I feel like you'll take better care of it. So you guys might as well do it if you can. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So I literally think it's gonna be like some little thermos type of thing, and but it's not. It's this giant like contraption. Oh my god. <laughs> and very very heavy. So we roll up to the old doctor's office. And they were, they knew I was coming, but even so, like they had to sign off on paperwork and I had to sign off on paperwork to gain access to them. And, um, and they were like, uh, okay. And then they bring out this huge vessel. Well, I mean, I can't say it's huge, but it, it was probably, I don't know, two feet by, it looks like a small refrigerator sort of. Yeah. It was like a rolling um, case basically. Like yeah, they put it on bigger. rollers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was bigger than a rolling suitcase and oh super God. heavy. And they were a little hesitant about giving them to me. They were like, are you sure you want to do this? Because, you know, it's better that we defrost them and do it here than it is you take them somewhere else because we're the ones that did it in the first place. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, well, and at this point, I'm still turned off by these people, you know, so I'm just like, no, I think I'm good. I really trust the guy that I'm going to. And I, mm-hmm. I think, you know it should be universal, right? How to thaw them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm good. And they're like, okay. So we <laughs> are walking down. I mean, we're in Westwood and we're, we are walking down the street and Westwood is where UCLA is. So there's a million people. We're walking down Wilshire Boulevard, like carrying this weird contraption case on it. Yeah. And we had a seatbelt in the car. I know you're so cute. You're like, we have to buckle them in. <laughs> yeah. So um, we get there, we drop them off. They're like, okay, so we'll give them to our, um, I guess it was the embryologist and she'll thaw them. We'll let you know when to come in and all that kind of stuff. And they called us. I don't know if it was the next day or whatever and said that they had really bad news that they, that all of the eggs were lost in the, in the thaw. I'm so sorry. That was probably the most devastating moment. I mean, it brings me to tears now, even that was probably the most devastating moment. So I was like, um, how could that possibly be? Right. And the, the lady, I guess it's the embryologist who does it. She said, you know, when I pulled them out, they didn't look right to begin with. She said, normally when they're frozen, they shrivel up like a, like a frozen pea kind of shrivels up. Mm -hmm. They have like those prune marks on them and stuff. And then when you thaw them, that kind of goes away and they become normal again. She's like, yours were not prunes. They were still like, uh, looked, they weren't pruny. Mm. And she said, so I thought that they looked not right to begin with. And then they just all, they all just didn't, they didn't survive the thaw. Oh, it's devastating. It's devastating. And then you start second guessing yourself like a million times. Like maybe I should have stayed with the same doctor who, froze them the first time because uh, uh, maybe he had a special way uh, that he froze them 
and maybe he has a, fr- a special way that he de- he defrosts them. Right. <laughs> maybe, or maybe he would have real seen them himself and realized there was some sort of mistake made in the, and maybe had given me another uh, another chance at a free retrieval or something to make yeah. up for it. Or, um, I mean, I doubt that. I don't think they would have admitted that mistake, but but it was possible. And yeah. so a million things are going through my mind. Like, did I I made the did I make the wrong decision? Oh yeah. And now they're all gone and that was our our, at that point we were thinking that was our last straw with all of this Mm -hmm. and but then I was so devastated and so upset by it I thought no I have to try one more time so we go back in to the same doctor we had been going to not the original original but the same doctor we've been going to and said okay he was disappointed too like he was really upset that that happened and uh, we decided to go through one more uh, egg retrieval. So going through all of that, the injections and medications and everything again. And, um, again, we got, uh, I believe three viable, potentially viable embryos. We had them tested again, all three were abnormal and they give you a list of like the abnormalities, like the, what chromosomes are missing and all that kind of stuff. And you can look up each one and see what they are, but so it's not just like, oh, it, you know, one thing is slightly off or whatever, but it could be healthy. These are, these are not healthy, not going to make it kind right. of eggs, yeah. you know, yep. very unhealthy. So then we just decided, you know what, we just need to, we just need to stop for a little while. Like yeah. that's enough. It's just, it's an emotional roller coaster. It's a financial roller coaster. It's a physical roller coaster on your body. Yep. And I just we just thought, you know what, we just, we just need to stop for a while. And then everyone tells you, you know what, it happens when you least expect it. It happens, it happens when you're not even trying. I know. Yeah. And so I thought I just had that. I'm like, you know what, maybe it, maybe it does, but I'm also in my forties now. And Mm -hmm. I just don't think that that's going to happen. I know everyone says, Oh, well, you think not, but my sister-in-law was 46 and all of a sudden, you know, and I'm like, okay, has a story. (laughs) Uh huh. That's like one in a million. I mean, I don't know the real statistics, but it's very, very rare. And most people that are getting pregnant in their forties are probably doing some sort of, of help in some way, whether it's IUIs or IVF or some sort of medical intervention there. Yes. And whether they want to admit it or not, most people are. And, and so I just thought, you know what, if it does happen, then great. Then that was really, really meant to be. And it really is a true miracle. But if not, I just need to stop for right now and, and give it a little time and, and see, see how we feel in the future. And mm-hmm. so, and now here we are, it's a couple of years later and we have just decided that we are done trying. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'm still, open if some if it were to happen naturally then great but we're not actively trying or Uh um or doing any kind of medical intervention to make it happen now okay tell me about coming to that decision because I'm sure you didn't come to that lightly did you guys have a lot of discussions about it was there a lot of like soul searching and was it it was probably very emotional as well right you know, it, we just, we didn't have big, long conversations about it or like, it wasn't just like a moment where we said, we need to sit down and talk about this and decide. It's just sort of, you let everything go kind of day by day, day by day, day by day. And it's just like, we just don't want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. And, and it was never like a, uh, an official 
conversation or official end of story. And I mean, if one of us decided tomorrow, you know what, maybe we should try again, then I'm open for that discussion still. But as of right now, mm-hmm. if we just have, we have just like decided that we're, you know, mm-hmm. it's not an official official, but yeah. just, we just both are like, we're kind of done with that part. Let's just move on. Yeah. Did you guys ever talk about other means of like, I know it's probably one of those things where people are like, why don't you just adopt or, you know, like, which can be maybe the worst thing to say to people who are going. It through, is the worst right? thing to say to people. I yes. don't realize why that's so hard yeah. to hear. Yeah. Um, my, my fertility doctor recommended an egg donor. Uh-huh. We talked about that for a minute. We just, it's, and, and this is just my personal opinion. I don't, I'm, totally for egg donors. I think that's an amazing gift to give somebody. But for us personally, we were kind of like, we didn't want to have kids just to have kids. It's not like we were both dying to be parents just to be parents, like, cause we'd always wanted kids or anything like that. We sort of wanted to have a kid because it was going to be something we did together. And it was going to be something that was part of both of us and that kind of thing. And with an egg donor, I mean, everyone tells me that you you overlook that. And when it's growing inside of you and you don't even think about that anymore. And that may be true, but we just weren't willing to go that far. Like we were just sort of done. Yeah. And then, um, and then of course everyone brings up adoption and I guess adoption is really never out of the question, but again, it's not really what we wanted. We didn't want to just, we, we just, we weren't a couple that was like, Oh, we want to have a million kids or we, or even not even a million. we, We just are dying to have kids. We just wanted something that like shared our, like, that was part of both of us. And if that's not going to be how it is, then, then maybe we just don't want to period, you know? Yeah. I feel like you just described it in like the perfect way where hearing that makes perfect sense to me. It's like, of course, that's why you wanted to do it. And if it wasn't going to happen in that way, then end of story. Like that makes, I have a lot of respect for that, for you to admit that, and and I, say that you know? Yeah. And I know that's not the case with, with a lot of people. They, yeah. they really want to have kids and, you know, an egg donor is an amazing right. way to do that. If it, you know, or sperm donor either way. And even um, if your case is uh, where you need surrogacy and stuff, those are amazing gifts that people can give each other, but it just wasn't right for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess we still have the option to change our mind. Uh, I'm running out of time here, but I mean, I guess that we, especially adoption, I think you can make that, you know, at a later time too. But for right now, it was, it was such a emotional, like I said, emotional, physical and financial roller coaster that we just sort of are like, okay, we're, we're done with that. Let's just, let's just move on. Let's focus on our careers and, and travel and like uh, our relationship and, you know, other things that we love. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing, honestly. And I think it's a brave decision to make too. And, and to say the, the reasoning behind it, a lot of people aren't able to kind of articulate that. So I think you put it perfectly that it wasn't right for you guys to do it any other way. And I think that's awesome that you stay true to yourself and true to your relationship. And it seems like you made the right decision for now, at least, you know, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, but one of the great things is you can change your mind at any time. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You can be like, you know what? No, I do want to try one more time. Like I can wake up and go, you know what? After all that talking about it, I want to try one more time. Absolutely. That's the beauty of this whole thing. Um, so tell me if if you had to give advice to anybody who might be listening, who's maybe somebody's out there on the fence and they're like, you know what, 
I don't want to do this anymore. Like, what would you say to somebody who, you know, might be wanting to stop trying, but is maybe scared to stop trying or worried about getting judged for not trying, you know, like there's a lot of judgment out there. Yeah. I say take a break because it's the best thing you can do for yourself emotionally and physically and probably financially too. Take a break, like take a breather, stop putting so much pressure on yourself Mm because it is a lot of pressure. And even if you like go into it with a open mind, like I I feel like I kind of went into it with a sense of humor and an open mind. And and even though it was a very serious situation, I I try to take it lightly as lightly as you can, you know? Yeah. And, um, and even so, there's still a lot of pressure every single day with it. Yeah. And from other people waiting on pins and needles on your results and, and asking to just like your own. I mean, that um, uh, that two week wait that you have to do mm-hmm. <laughs> is like just awful. Mm-hmm. It's like the worst thing. And so I say just let the pressure go. Take a break take a breather, right. let, let your body recover, let your emotions recover. Like it's, there's no shame in taking a break. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, I think it's so great that you guys are so you're so public about your story. And I know that you're coming from a great place and wanting to share it with people to help people. So thank you for, for sharing it with us today. Yeah, um, I just felt like sharing it too made it so that I didn't, I wasn't alone in doing it because there's so many people who are going through the same thing. And as soon as you like um, do an Instagram about it or a, like I did a YouTube and stuff about it, yep. you see how many people are affected by it, how many people are going through it and how much it means to other people to, to hear and see other people going through it as well. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Wait, I have to ask you too now. So you do this ghost podcast, right? Tell me about that. I do. So you're terrified, so I love, girls, but what I love about you, and, and they, I saw this on the show too, the girls next door, that you love like Halloween and scary stuff. And you've always been into like paranormal and ghosts and hosting all these different shows and specials. So tell me about your latest endeavor. What are you up to? I know. I mean, it's, it's not, needles are not really part of, of um, ghosts and all that kind of stuff, but I get like how they are kind of like part of the scary genre. And stuff right. and I, I'm terrified of them, but I'll go ghost hunting all night long. I know. Um, yeah. My paranormal podcast is called Ghost Magnet. It's on Spotify, iTunes, and uh, iHeartRadio. Uh-huh. And um, I have different people on each week from paranormal investigators to celebrities, or sometimes I'm on location at a paranormal place. And I just hear all the ghost stories because I am I love ghost stories and I love uh, going on ghost adventures and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So yeah, it airs every Monday and uh-huh. it's been really fun doing it. I love it. I have a ghost story that we'll have to talk about at a different time, but my daughter saw ghosts. Yes. And actually, when I was going through my miscarriages, she would see like baby ghosts all over the place. So wow. I'll have to do like a cross pod or something sometime and I'll tell you all about yeah, that. Yeah, that's so really interesting. Freaky. It's crazy how um how many kids have experiences or see things. Yep. And they don't they aren't necessarily scared of it either. They're just like talking to them as if they actually exist. And then parents are like, who are you talking to? Yeah. Also, uh, for your listeners, I want to tell you too about the Baby Quest grants. If they want oh, more yeah. information on that too, they okay. can go online 
to babyquestfoundation.org and okay. get more information. And they just have to fill out an application, send it in. They do grants twice a year. Cool. And they're also having a big event in New York, a gala on October 21st. So if any of your uh, listeners need help with their fertility treatments, definitely check them out. That's so awesome. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for mentioning it. All right. Well, thank you again. It was so great to talk to you after all these years again. I know. And I wish you continued success and hopefully I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Bridget. I thank you. All right. Take care. Hey again, guys. So thanks for listening. A couple of things. Make sure you check out Baby Quest Foundation. I will post this on my social as well, but their website is babyquestfoundation.org. That's the place that Bridget was talking about where you can apply for a grant. Um, You can get a lot of information. It's just a very, very cool foundation. So I want to give a shout out to Pamela who started that foundation. And like I said, I'll have all the info up on my social too. And I also want you guys to check out Bridget's podcast, which is a really entertaining podcast called Ghost Magnet. And it's on all the places you can find a podcast. And she looks into all this paranormal activity and spirits and poltergeists. And it's just great. And as you've heard, she's got huge personality. So you guys will enjoy that one. So thanks again to Bridget. Thanks to Pamela. And I will talk to you guys next time.